Sways at 1414 Newcastle Street in historic downtown Brunswick, Georgia is your friendly neighborhood bar and grill where you'll find it all. Good food, good music, good times. I want to go back to Tipsy. Episode of Something in the Water podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sean Clark, and I'm Uncle Dave Griffin. Our guest this time is a good old buddy of mine, former drummer uh, in a band that I played in called The Keepers, Mr. Gary Brown. Hey. Gary, we're glad to have you, buddy. Well, I'm glad that I'm here to for you to have me. <laughs> yeah, uh, we did play in briefly in a band together, but you've been playing around Waycross for a long time prior to our little experiment. Yeah. You you grew up uh, in uh, the Winona Park section. 
of of Waycross, mm -hmm. which is in the county, out Albany Avenue, for all you historians out there. Stanton Avenue. Stanton Avenue, okay. But Winona Park has been uh, pretty doggone prolific with its uh, musicians and bands and, and all. Mm -hmm. Who's, uh, let's see. Uh, Jimmy Vinen, a uh, guitar player from Waycross, uh, early bands, 60s bands, I'd say the garage band. Yep. Era. Ross Peed was living out there. Liam Johnson. Liam Johnson. The bass player. Uh, a bird, Dan Bird. He was a I keyboardist. Remember. I don't remember. He him. lived on DeWitt Street, the other side of Stanton, across yeah. Albany Avenue. Uh huh. Uh, bird was his yeah. last name, B Y R D. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, he so played with the. Might have been the Riots. No, no. It was another group. Bobby Braddock was in the, the Warlocks. The Warlocks. Oh, the Warlocks. Okay. And Dan Bird played that. With that uh, he played keyboards in that group. Uh, Cox <clears throat> played bass. Who? Uh, which Cox was it from the Swamp Road? Played bass guitar? Chris. Chris Cox. Yeah. He played bass guitar with that. That would bunch. have been Marty Cox's brother. Brother, Chris. That's right. And uh, Hubert Cox's son. That's Hubert, right. Hubert Cox was a pretty legendary fiddle player mm -hmm. from uh, Ware County down around here in the swamp. D Mike Hadaway, that's another drummer from Oh, yeah. Uh, I, Mike I, Hadaway. I Hadaway, yeah. He, he lived about two houses down from Bobby Braddock, lived about four houses down from me. I always figured him to be a, a city school. No. Hadaway, he, he was county? I don't know where he went to school. Oh, okay. But he... Lived on Stanton Avenue. Okay. Uh, yeah. So did everybody where. just live in this neighborhood? Well, like all these places. Winona Park is like uh, yeah. Cherokee Heights. Yeah. Know? So I'm saying, like, big. did were a lot of these folks friends that like oh, we're gonna I'm gonna learn this I'm gonna learn that or was it just coincidence that there were so many players over there? We were all we all grew up together. We all. Uh, I guess we all thought we wanted to be musicians. Yeah. Uh, Would it have been after the Beatles? Or even About prior, when the Beatles, in the 64, is that when the Beatles come out? Yeah. 64? Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been around that, uh, around in that time. And you'd, I guess you'd have been about 12 or 13. Yep. Depending I, on when, what month your birthday is. Is that right? Yeah. Because you're two two years older than I am, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I know I was talking to Rita the other day, uh, and she said she was in the eighth grade when she started singing with us. <laughs> but when we started playing, we couldn't even drive ourselves to the gigs. <laughs> we didn't have no license. We was, I guess, 12 mama's, or 13, 14 years old. Your mama's probably... Mamas drove drove you to ball practice and stuff you know like that. that. Feller Hill, uh, James Hill. Yeah, it's got VT, VVT, VDT, VV, VB, V, double V, D v, 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 amplifiers. T. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, me and him had a little band one time, and his mama, uh, she had something to do with the VFW. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And we played down there at the VFW, me and him, and maybe a, a row, Bubba Row. Bubba Clayton Row. Yeah, I remember that name. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we, yeah, we was all of us wanted to be in a band, and we was trying. We we about everybody we saw, we tried to stop and say, "Hey, let's get." together and let's make some music let's get a band get a band get a band (laughs) yeah that's awesome that's the way it was though that was the when the beatles hit it was like the next day you know uh that was the new cowboys yeah guitar sales went up oh yeah at harold's music store i'm sure they sold a lot of guitars a lot of drums right off the bat now you but the interesting thing about you is that you're uh, you drummer and keyboard player. So which came first, and how did the, that come about? Even well, whenever I was probably in the fourth or fifth grade, I wanted to play something, and uh, <clears throat> I wanted to take some piano lessons, but I already had got to a piano and learned how to play a few things like boogie woogie and I picked it out myself. But you, you. And so whenever I started taking my lessons and they just want me to play Swans on the Lake and From a Wigwam <laughs> and stuff and it's just basic stuff and I'm thinking, no, listen to this <laughs> Chuck Berry thing I've got going. <laughs> you know? So I didn't I didn't follow along with the piano lessons. I wish I had of because it would have really helped later. But uh, anyway, I goofed around with that a little bit and always banged around on a piano all my life. But mm-hmm. whenever we started making, trying to get a band together, I think it was uh, about the time that me and Ross Peed started hanging together. And he had a set of drums, and I played around on them some. And then I got me a set of <laughs> drums. I said, well, I'll be a drummer, and we'll I'll play drums. And then me and... Jerry Boyette and Bobby Boyette got together, and they're my cousins. And oh, we, I didn't realize that. Yeah, we're cousins, and decided we'd get us a band together, and uh, so we did. And we wanted to. We tried to get somebody else in there with us, and we figured out somehow then that we needed a that we wanted a keyboard. Maybe the somebody like Paul Revere and the Raiders come out or somebody mm-hmm. that had a keyboard, and we said, that's we mm-hmm. need a keyboard. Mm-hmm. So we were looking around for a keyboard, and we run into Danny Altman. And well, he's a drummer. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, heck, let's get him to play the drums. I'll just play a keyboard. I'll mm-hmm. get a keyboard and play it. So that's how we started. That was, was, that was the I believe that was the wall of sound when we first started. Uh-huh. That was who was in that group. Pull and, up, uh, throw that picture up, Justin, wall of sound. And uh, this would have been, well, there you go. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there's Jerry, Bobby, Danny's on the right, that's Rita in the middle, the wall of sound. All right, starting. In, that's uh, me on the left. Talk. Starting with Gary on the top left corner there. That's Gary Brown, yeah. keyboard player for the wall of sound. Right. Next to him is Rita McDaniel. Yeah. Now later, she or her sister, her younger sister Connie, Connie McDaniel, joined 
Yeah. I guess the wall of sound or mm-hmm. was she, yeah okay, and then to uh, the right of Rita there is my old classmate from high school, Danny Altman. He he and I graduated in the same year, and uh, Danny just happened to be the very first drummer for Sweetbriar. Oh yeah, my, uh, mine and Billy Ray's band. I knew I'd heard his name. Mm-hmm. He's no longer with us. God rest his soul. That's right. Right below him is Jerry Boyette, the bass player. And and next to him there on the other side of the bass drum is his younger brother, Bobby Boyette, who's no longer with us either. Jerry's still here, isn't he? No, Jerry's passed. Jerry's gone? Both of them, Danny, Jerry, and Bobby's dead. Okay. But boy, that, that was a tight band right there. Y'all had, uh, and then that band became, uh, you left that band, uh, and then it transformed into Delta. Yeah. Which was a real force to be reckoned with. I mean, this, everybody was older, and the music was, uh, I guess, more rock and roll. I can't remember what y'all even sounded like because I didn't. I was sheltered. I didn't go to the. <laughs> I didn't go to the National Guard Armory or the uh, or the city auditorium when all these bands, yeah. local bands, would play there. Well, we actually uh, we practiced a lot, but we played. We stayed on the road playing. Wall of Sound. Yes, sir. Yeah. Rita's daddy, Daryl. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's appointed himself our manager because <laughs> none of us could drive a car. And he said, I'll take y'all to these gigs. And he started booking us. And we started playing Army and Navy bases and the, uh, wow. on a circuit. Wow. In fact, we was in Atlanta. or Me and Reed was talking a few days ago. What happened <clears throat> to me, I felt bad about it. But I was when I, I was off in Atlanta, or she thinks it might have been Doraville or Norcross or somewhere where my – first daughter was born and so wow. I came back uh, and Rita had to play keyboards that night <laughs> and she, she said we were talking about that here a while back I asked her did she still hold that against me and she said no but I learned a lot she said Jerry knew the chords and he knew to, how to tell me and she said it, it helped me later on whenever I got with the with the keepers to play some keyboards and stuff. Anyway, that was what happened with uh Danny was replaced by a guy out of Douglas, a drummer out of Douglas. Wayne Hutchison. Wayne Hutchison yeah. was his name. And I was replaced by uh Madison. Madison Gibson. Yeah. And you you talking about a he's a musician. That fella is. That's Jonathan. Yeah. Dad, he replaced you playing keyboards? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I think we talked about this on another episode. Yeah, that was the group that became Delta. Right. Yeah, okay. That's So how long? He played a B3. You were in the okay. Wall of Sound when your daughter was born? Yeah. So with that picture that we just showed, that was high school, wasn't it? <laughs> or grammar. Yeah, that was high school. <laughs> Yeah. So you were was, Wall of Sound was a long term band, pretty mm-hmm. good. I mean, four or five I, years. Or oh something yeah, like that. yeah. I don't, I don't know how many years, but it was a. Uh, 
a long time. Did you make some good money? Y'all made some good money in that? Pretty uh, well, good for the, the time. Today, Rita said she made enough to pay a buyer on clothes, school clothes, and tithes. Uh, she's mm-hmm. big into the church and mm-hmm. doing that sort of thing. So, yeah, she told me that one time that she made enough money to tithe and buy her what she wanted to buy and stuff. And uh, we didn't make no killing. We didn't make a pile of money, but uh, we did all right. I, mm-hmm. You know, we wasn't, <laughs> we was more about, we was going to be on the Ed Sullivan show. <laughs> we didn't, uh, Daryl told us that, and we was young enough to Believe think, well, it. you know, we might could do that. Mm-hmm. We yeah, never yeah. made it to yeah. the Ed Sullivan show, but. Uh, At least you had it in your head and could had something uh, we, to strive we, for. We had something to strive for. We, mm-hmm. That was a goal, and and we tried hard. Well, it probably made you better players, you know. Just it might have. just by uh, having that goal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Bobby. He, <clears throat> we were talking the other day. Me and Rita was about the wall of sound, and <laughs> she said, "I, I." Didn't know you'd remember anything about that. I said, yeah, I remember a lot about the wall of sound and us and old kids, you know what I mean? <laughs> and she said, Did, uh, I said, well, what do you remember? She said, well, <laughs> she said, mostly I remember Bobby <laughs> drinking. <laughs> He'd go to these army bases, Davy clubs, stuff like that. And whoever left a drink on the table, <laughs> he'd drink it. <laughs> He'd get plastered, I'm talking about. He me was, walking drunk, playing he, lead guitar. He was very little. Very yeah, he was a little tiny fella. We, <laughs> I, we all didn't weigh, you know, 100 pounds probably. <laughs> but anyway, he, yeah, she said, yeah, I remember Bobby. Uh, just, you had to watch him. <laughs> he was, he would get drunk on you. You know, he he drank him some stuff and he wasn't the only one either but that's what we like to talk about <laughs> yeah <laughs> what kind of guitar was that he had down that there, was a vox you... vox mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. okay that was a okay teardrop looking is that a uh... fender that jerry's got yeah that's a bass? precision bass or well or he j- went to a hagster jazz, bass jazz, for some jazz master or something he wound up getting a Hagstrom eight-string bass and playing that. Wow. Where is that? That looks like a school or something that picture was taken. That looks like a... Uh, Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it might have... Yeah, I see. You got the uh, uh, med- uh, medallions and beads. Oh, yeah. Necklaces. Everybody's got the necklace. What year? That would have been about 67, 68. before that, but I. 66, maybe? Yeah, around 65 or 66. Dang. That is so cool. So you, your first band that you were in, you were a keyboard player. Yeah. All right. Well, I started out with the drums with this, but. Before we ever played out, we decided to get Danny to play drums, and I went to keyboards, and so mm-hmm. I bought a key, uh, some kind of a organ or something, mm-hmm. started playing that. I think it was a Gibson organ. Mm. Now, the keepers that was 
Let's that was let's many years, up. many years yeah. later. Yeah, that was later, later. 80, 80, uh, so. Well, we started the group in 85. Gary came aboard probably about 87 or 88. But, it was 87, I imagine. Uh, we'll get to that uh, in, a, in a minute, but... Uh, um, did you ever play drums in uh, another uh, rock and roll band? Oh, yeah. Plenty? Plenty of them? <laughs> yeah, but it was short-lived because yeah. we never did get things going. But yep, like rolling. Ross yep. was a drummer. Ross but at P, one time, yeah. I was playing drums, and he was up front singing. He was... That well, Ross right. couldn't never decide whether he wanted to drum or play guitar, That's and he right. was equally good at both. <laughs> he was good. Ross is a real good drummer. Yeah, he's, he is. I never heard him you play never drums. You never knew that, did you? Yeah, <laughs> About he's Ross. way ahead of a lot of drummers. Wow, uh, yeah. way ahead of a lot of drummers. But he uh, he quit with the drums and started singing and playing, wanting to play guitar and stuff like that. But it was. Me and uh, <clears throat> I was playing drums, and Ronnie Logan, I think, and Andy Patterson. Andy Patterson. Mm -hmm. He runs a website. That's now right. Southern he Garage was, Bands. Uh, and and Ralph Lloyd. Uh, yeah. He was playing, and I all I can remember about that group is we played. Uh, we were at the high school playing, and. Hey, you get off my cloud, the Rolling mm -hmm, Stones. Mm -hmm. And every time we only our repertoire was probably six songs, and we was playing, you know, a gig. <laughs> what about six songs? <laughs> Little Black Egg was one of them, and uh, Cherry Pie. You remember a song called Cherry Pie? Give me, give me some. Uh, anyway, every time we went to that. play, every fifth or sixth song was get off my cloud again you know again and every Repeat. time i'd say ross how does that start and he'd turn around <laughs> and i'd say i got it and i'm telling you every i don't know if it was my nerves or just that my brain just don't function that well <laughs> he had to tell me every time how that thing started <laughs> and years later whenever we the keepers when we were playing mm -hmm. Sometimes, and you know, we played four nights a week for years. Yeah. And sometimes I'd, and, and we had a song list, and I'd, let's see if you something I sang. And I'd say, Wayne, I'd say, what's the first couple of words to this song? He'd say, Gary, you've been singing it every night for six years. I said, I don't care. Just give me a couple of words. And he'd give me a couple of words, and I'd have it from then on. Yeah. But I'd draw a complete blank. Well, you I'm just, getting started. Just like, I, just I do like that sometimes. <laughs> on songs I wrote and just playing them every. Just played it last night, but this night I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a mind is a terrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot going on in them them minds of ours. Yeah, uh, I grant you, with all that music rolling around in there. <laughs> you remember the name of that? Uh, Band with Ross and Ralph and them. You remember what y'all called yourselves? No, uh, I, I 
names back in the sixties. They were great. They were some great ones. Mother's Little Helpers. That was John Smith's. Oh, Bill okay. Smith's band. All right. Then you had uh, the Riots, the Henchmen, the Warlocks, Warlocks. Uh, the Young Bloods. That was a group that I was in for a while. Really? Okay. That might have been what. That might have been the name that Ross and them was in, because Andy yeah. and Ronnie Logan and Andy Grip, Patterson. Andy Patterson was mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, and I was in it, and maybe Ross decided to go off and do something else, and we stayed together as the Young Bloods and trying to do something, and it mm-hmm. fizzled out too. Yeah, everybody so, was constant motion. Back oh yeah, in those days jumping around. And have you ever well, been to that website? SouthernGarageBands.com. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm amazing. In, yeah. Because they don't. In fact, that picture you showed of us is on that website. Is it? Okay, cool. that might have been where I grabbed it from. Might have been. Uh, they, uh, it's extensive. I mean, you go to that page and see all the bands that are on that website in alphabetical order. And uh, it's not limited to Georgia. It's Mm-mm. Georgia, Alabama, Florida. Yep. Um, they might even get into the Carolinas too. I, I Just mean, they did. Great website, and Andy Patterson and another guy runs it. And they're, I think they're both out of Valdosta now, but they were original original Waycross boys. Mm-hmm. It's a great website if you want to just historically, you know, look at the music uh, that that was around these parts, you know, they categorize it and supply as much information as they can. Uh, in fact, they reach out to the original band members and ask them to give them pictures and, mm-hmm. you know, stories and lineups, you know, of the personnel. And, uh, they, they take in all the, you know, Almond brothers, early bands and, like Hourglass and so Almond so Joys, they, and they did every everybody. Yeah, they every did. Level. It, it was at that, all the levels, you know. For even little old Waycross and Douglas had their scene. Jessup had their scene. Brunswick had, you know, it was like all of these little towns had their music scene. You know, mm-hmm. Waycross was just another one, you know. But we had our Ross Peds and. And John Smith and Bill Smith and it's just it's just pretty fascinating stuff. Okay, so let's go back to uh, high school. <laughs> <laughs> we both went to Ware County High School. Uh, I was a freshman there in '67 is when I entered high school, and I had to make a choice. I remember being presented with this in the eighth grade prior to high school. Uh, when you were signing up for high school, you had to, you had your core curriculum, your English, math, uh, science, all of that. Then you had a spot for uh, extracurricular, and that could be one of three things. <laughs> you could take PE, mm-hmm. chorus, or band. And I looked at them three. I had to choose one of them. 
And I had just, Daddy had just retired from the Air Force where we had spent a year, a last year and a half in Tampa. And down there, you know, big city Tampa was a, a lot bigger deal than Ware County, Waycross. And uh, I had spent a year and a half down there in a uh, junior high school, which was seventh, eighth, and ninth grade down there. And uh, I had to take PE. It was it was required down there, physical education. And, man, you'd have to buy a T-shirt and little gym shorts and dress out every day mm-hmm. right in the middle of school, you know. All right, you got PE, third period. Oh, boy, okay, you get in there, you change out of your street clothes into your gym shorts, you run around out there like an Indian. And... Uh, <laughs> playing soccer and whatever and doing chin-ups and and uh then you come back inside jump in the shower at school and shower off and uh uh throw your uh school clothes back on and go back to school i said i'd had enough of that (laughs) and so i said and all right my second chance is chorus there I can't sing. Uh, so I'm going to take band. And what instrument did I choose? Well, I'll choose the drum. And I had spent my freshman year learning how to play a drum. And uh, mm-hmm. that uh, the thing, remarkable thing about that was that first year of my high school was the first year of the brand-new band director, John R. Bowles. Bowles. I think he came from Alabama. I believe that's right. But you were already in the band. Mm-hmm. And that my freshman year, I was not in the marching band because I was still learning how to play. So uh let's see. They uh, uh you, you there you are, right there. Well I'll be dang. <laughs> Let me see you. <laughs> Boy, you told me. Okay. Uh that was my freshman year, which I'm not in the picture. That's the freshman year? That's my freshman year, 67, freshman, 68. Okay. I think I so was you on, would have been 11th grade that year. Yeah, I was on 10 bollies at that time, I'm pretty sure. Isn't that what that yep. is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got the 10 bolly mallets. Yeah. Um, and the guy next to me right there. Uh, to the right or left? To the left. That's Jimmy Duncan. Jimmy Duncan. The he, bass drum. He was the bass drum player. You remember that? I do. And next to him, going on down the line, that's Johnny Highsmith. I didn't realize he was in the drum section. He grew up on Johnny? Central Avenue right there. Yeah. Uh, at the end of Mount Pleasant Road, or Dog Hill as we call Steve it. Steve Harris. He's Steve the, Harris is the other direction. Right of me. Steve yeah, he was uh, on Tom Tom or tenor drum. He was tenor drum. Who's that little Danny fella? Altman next That's to him? Danny Altman yeah. to the right. He's on snare. None of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Uh, Steve Harris was on snare too because he's holding the sticks like this, that. Mm-hmm. The tenor drums have their mallets across their chest. Okay. That's Frank Hendricks. On the far left, Johnny Highsmith, Jimmy Duncan, bass drum, you on Tim Bollies, <laughs> Steve Harris, and Danny Altman 
on uh, snare and Dwayne Scurry on cymbals. Dwayne Scurry. There he is. Yeah. Well, I'll be done. Now let's talk about the majorettes. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a yes. Uh, oh, they're beautiful. Bunny Brantley. The, uh, Teresa, Teresa Brantley, Brantley on the left. Uh, Margaret. No. Uh, no, Margaret's over here. Patsy. Patsy Carter. Carter. Patsy Carter. Susan Everett. Susan Everett. And she went up playing drums uh, in the band. She did. Kay, Linda, Linda K. Allen. Allen. Margaret something. Johns. Johns. And, oh. What was that little girl? Tammy. Tammy. Tammy somebody. Yeah. Bless her heart. I hope she's not watching because we forgot. We forgot. She's a pretty little. Your thing. last name. Well, look at all of them. They just pretty. See, see, they were That was a very small high school band right there. You look mm-hmm. at it. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four then, rows. Probably then, thirty people in that band. I don't see Barbara now, Hennett there, but she had the sousaphone. She played it when I first started. She probably graduated and wasn't in that group. Now that the band tuba, grew. The sousaphone, yeah. That band sure grew. Oh, yeah. In the four years that I was in Well, high Mr. Bowles, now. he made it. Uh, he helped that band grow a bunch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, let's talk about your uh, – now, you were in the high school band prior to Bowles. <laughs> yeah. Getting Charlie there, right? Charlie Harvey Griffin. Who? Charlie Harvey Griffin. He lived out <laughs> – Charlie Since- Harvey? <laughs> Where that church is on the right out there, you go out Central Avenue, past oh, your right, and where okay. you turn to the right to, yeah. at that church, yeah, right there Tomberland. on the corner, Tomberland Road, is yeah. it? Right on that corner is uh, it's the road that goes down to Southwood School. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that Tomberland? Tomberland? It is. Well, Griffin lived right on the corner, right there, across from the church. Uh huh. Right there. And I went I'm to a dog. band party or something, and I, I don't remember. <clears throat> that's how I know where he lived there. I got a. Uh, he was. Uh, you was talking about a while ago about how we had our. It looked like military uniforms and hats and. It was those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he was a strict. Uh, the cadences. Oh, military cadences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we were com- and I was competitive back then. He met. I mean, with drumming and stuff, mm-hmm. I kind of was a cut from a different cloth from what Mr. Griffin wanted the band to sound like, you yeah. know, because we had another band in town. It was Center High School. Oh, man. And you're that was talking the, about the black high school. That was the black high school. And they were good. You're talking oh, about, oh, man. It on. Now, they knew <laughs> yeah. how to, what we used to call styling and profiling. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't make a 90-degree turn on a corner. They'd make a 270-degree turn on a corner. <laughs> and it was like tubas, a pinwheel. The big sousa, is it the tuba? tuba. Or, no, the sousaphone. That's the big one, isn't it, with the big bell? Uh, well, what's those on the back row there? Those are sousaphones, aren't they? I thought they were tubas. Yeah, tubas that's sousaphones. Tubas the one that you wrap, you crawl inside crawl it. In it. And it's got a big horn, a bell. You're right. That comes out over your shoulder. And those, and we, and the only yeah. one we had, it's not in that picture. Because, you can't fit a tube in a picture. Well, that might have been the reason, <laughs> but uh, it was just an old, dull looking thing. 
<laughs> but you saw those two visit Central Central High uh, Central Center High, Center Center. High School. Mm-hmm. You could see yourself in them shiny, mm-hmm. and they and they were up and down. Yeah. You know how they do that mm-hmm. marching. Yeah, and here we are just trotting <laughs> along. <laughs> well, and they had a, and their cadences, what they marched to, the cadences was technical. Oh, it was funk is what it was. It was. It was early <laughs> funk. And uh, I said, this this is what I want right here. Mm-hmm. Well, Charlie Harvey had us playing that old military cadence. And uh, <laughs> anyway, I was a, somehow got to be what they call a section leader, drum section mm-hmm. leader. And I put together a cadence. I said, now, this is what we're going to do. And I told the drum section, and I showed it to them, and we all got it going, and we said, okay, this is it. Well, we had to leave uh, Mary Street Park, you know. Well, we got down there about two or three blocks, and I said, all right, let's hit it, boys. (laughs) Throw this. And we went to throwing down. Well, I didn't know that old Charlie Griffin was walking the sidewalk around with us. Uh Uh-huh. Well, he got to looking, and I finally caught sight of him because he, I didn't know what it, what livid meant at that time, <laughs> but uh, he was not a happy camper. But I kept right on going, and we we finished that parade with some with some fine cadences. Yeah. And he uh, he had a real stern talking to me after that was over. With. He says, "That's not." The way we do it, yeah. And if you if you need to play that, you need to go somewhere else to a, another school. <laughs> I think he told me where I needed to go, <laughs> but I loved it. I mean, it was yeah, it yeah. was what you know what I wanted to do. But anyway, me and him didn't see eye to eye on the cadences. One time we went to Lowndes County. <clears throat> this same band right here mm-hmm. went to Lowndes County uh, of Valdosta. Mm-hmm. I know that because the band, when Mr. Griffin was there, he would, about all you did for a halftime show is you go out and march on the field and you make the letters for the opposing team. So Lowndes County, we make an LC. And I don't know who was supposed to start the C off, but they didn't do it. (laughs) So here we are. The halftime show was a big L. And then we sang, uh, played Washington Post, which was the only song we knew, and nobody yeah. made the C. What the hell is L? What the hell? <laughs> There's capital L and little L. Uh, was, yeah, man, he was. I don't know what happened. I, I'm hoping. I don't think it was my fault, which could have been. But anyway, uh, that was Mr. Uh, that was Charlie that man. Griffin. He, he was a well. He was that school <laughs> started in '59, so '67 uh, was only uh, eight years later, you know. And mm. uh, he had been he had been uh, the band director for probably since the since school since the school opened, and he had run his course, you know. It, I don't imagine there was not much of a band program when he was there. You know, no, there was it just wasn't. It was county school, you know, county high when school, and Mr. Bowles come on. John R. Bowles came that year, sixty-seven, sixty-eight, and he started turning that thing mm-hmm. into something. Uh, the uh, did you know he lived on Stanton Avenue? 
No, I didn't know that. Yeah. He lived right down the street from me. Okay. Um, att- I mean, uh, not attendance, but uh, participation. You know, mm-hmm. students signing up for band went up. They started uh, developing kind of like the be- uh, the farm club, the farm team, the uh, the lower schools started having band in in elementary. You know. You could get into band in the sixth grade, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, they, that started feeding into the high school. By by the time you got to high school, you, got- you were in the marching band, and the band was just e- growing exponentially, you know. By the time I left high school, they was, mm-hmm. that band was big, a lot bigger than it was in 67, 68. Yeah. But it was a pleasure. I enjoyed playing it. But you were gone. I mean – I marched in one halftime show my freshman year. They let all of us new guys get out there, and it was uh, uh, one of the last games of the year where we dressed up like Mexicans. I remember we had uh, ponchos and sombreros and all that, and we played – what was that song we played? Cibane, I think was the name of the song. It's a Spanish song. And I got to play the cowbell on the sideline. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. Da, 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 da. And uh, <laughs> and uh, that was a big thrill for me. But the next year, my sophomore year, you were gone. Well, you know, I got to thinking, why did I leave that band? Chances are it was because I was playing in the wall of sound and we stayed busy. Busy. Yeah. Was on the weekends. On the weekends. Yeah. And maybe Special. I just uh, – Right. Quit with that band and and just was staying with the rock mm-hmm. band or whatever. Yeah. Makes sense. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. Um I that was I had some fun times in the high school band though. That was a that was a lot of fun. Uh were you ever in the band? I, I played trumpet in seventh grade. You blew. Yeah, I was a blower. <laughs> uh, not a beater, but I was a blower. <laughs> I was, we was beaters. <laughs> <laughs> How did you? Uh, I was the only. In, I wanted to play. Uh, I think I wanted to play snare drum, and they're like, "There's too too many snare drums." Too many. Like there was a whole line of them. And uh, then I wanted to play saxophone. No, we got twenty saxophone players. And then my uncle's like, "Well, I got a trumpet." And, Settles. My parents decided that was cheaper <laughs> than having to go get something. And so I was the one trumpet. So I, I was all the chairs. But, uh, First chair? It, it, chair. It was, chair. What would suck was they were like, saxophone, play your part. And every one of them, you know, some of them might not even been playing. Yeah. And then, all right, trumpet. And I'm like, <laughs> 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 And then they would just ride, just ride me though. Like I didn't have anybody to hide, hide behind. <laughs> so you did that for how long? I think maybe seventh and eighth. Dang. And uh, I didn't. When I went to high school, I didn't. Uh, I didn't carry on with the. That band. was enough, huh? I didn't ever uh, become one with the trumpet, and I wanted to play guitar. Mm-hmm. Which now I could have done in the band, but I couldn't have done it then. 
Yeah, they got guitar players in the bands nowadays, don't they? Hmm. They haul an amp out there on the sideline and plug in and everything. Mm-hmm. It's lots changed. Uh, I remember Ray Heron, or rather Billy Ray Heron, who we had on one of our early episodes, uh, was was in the marching band under Charlie Griffin too. He was. Yeah, he was actually. He started out a year ahead of me. He was uh, born in '52, and uh, so that would put him a year ahead of me. And uh, uh, he must have got held back or failed ninth grade or or something like that, because we ended up together. Maybe it was tenth grade that he failed, and we kind of caught up with one another, but. Uh, he must have been in uh, in the marching band uh, the year before I got to high school, and how he he how he landed in there, I'll never know because I don't think he ever played an instrument in, at uh, Memorial Drive Elementary, but he was a trombonist, and uh, he said his memory of it was that they were out there at halftime marching down the sidelines and, you know, and he missed a turn (laughs) and, uh, evidently he was leading the procession and they were supposed to turn left at the 40 yard line or something. He just went straight down that sideline, kept going. Everybody else behind him turned, you know, (laughs) and he he got way down to the end and heard the laughter. (laughs) From the, <laughs> and probably heard that the rest of the music in his ears was getting fainter and fainter. <laughs> Finally, he turned around and looked, and everybody was out on the field in a formation, and he was by himself. <laughs> Dang. That's funny. Uh, but Charlie Griffin just, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I hate to talk about a Griffin but uh, <laughs> he he just did, did not have it. I don't think that band was going anywhere but down. <laughs> and, you know, uh, high school band, you had to go to other uh, um, competitions and stuff. They had competitions in other towns, you know, where yeah. where all the bands from the southeast would come and – and get ranked, you know, mm-hmm. and compete against one another for the best in their marching or the best in concert band and everything. And I don't think much of that was – there wasn't a, a resume uh, no. before Bowles got there. No. <laughs> that was fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we – we didn't have to get ranked because we was about as rank as it got. <laughs> that wasn't the greatest band in the world. But when Mr. Bowles came, he 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 put some excitement in the program, and he mm-hmm. got people excited about it. And the, the band members, uh, everybody said, yeah, we can do this. And he mm-hmm. changed the music that we were playing and quit with all this, you know, old stuff and Mm -hmm. put some newer stuff in there and stuff we enjoyed playing. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
I remember bringing him. I was into uh, well, Jimmy Duncan, the old bass drum player. There, he had a bass guitar, and as my junior and senior year of high school, I started hearing the bass guitar. Everything, records, radio. Everything. I zeroed in on that bass, and I wanted to play one so bad, and I borrowed his bass guitar. That's what I first learned my early stuff on, uh, moving from high school into first rock and roll bands and stuff. I was the bass player. and uh, <clears throat> But <clears throat> I think it was my senior year of high school, I brought one of my Chicago albums to school and gave it to Mr. Bowles and he took it home with him and charted out uh Make Me Smile, the Chicago song. Mm-hmm. And we performed that at halftime show. That was pretty cool. We yeah, he he was picking some modern music, you right. know. And even the old stuff was relevant, you know, yeah. as far as his choices went, you know. Uh, we played stuff like uh Wendy, the association, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. Yeah. It was fun. So let's see. So fast forward to about <clears throat> 86 or 87, uh, we had put together a band called the, the Keepers. And, uh, and that, well, that that was when you were in the band. That picture right oh, yeah. there. There's Joe. And that would have been after you joined. Yeah, I'm on the left over there. Uh huh. Boy, <laughs> it looked like you'd been what? out in the sun. <laughs> Something happened there. <laughs> and uh, that's you on the left, and uh, Wayne Wayne Scarborough next to you, Ricky Taylor, our sound man. That's me and Joe Shear on the other side there. That was a backdrop somebody drew. Drew, her name was Drew. Drew Duggar. Was that her name? She's not the girl that my brother dated. Uh huh. Really? She was the she was the artist. Yep. Dang, I didn't remember that. Yeah, it's well, an old hot rod. It's an oh, old it's hot, hot rod. Yeah, you okay. can't see the see headlights because he- we're in the way. Well, no, there that. they are up there. Yeah, yeah there they are right. right there. Yeah, she she drew that. I She's did an artist. Not remember that? My brother dated her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they they were in one of these other pictures from that night. That might have been that same night that they were at Emmeline's. I got a picture of them on the dance floor. We might have unveiled the backdrop that night or something. But we used to play a lot at Emmeline and Hesse's. But prior to you getting in the band, uh, old drummer buddy of mine uh, from the 70s band days was John Randall Smith. He was he was one of our earlier episodes, too. Mm-hmm. Um, he was... We formed the Keepers in 85, and uh, and then he left, and he left quite quickly. Uh, he left, might have been on a Tuesday, <laughs> and we had gigs on Friday. Dang. Yeah, and uh, we were sweating that now, and then all of a sudden, 
I don't know how uh, how your name was recommended or somehow or another we got in touch with one another and you came over to Joe's garage in his yeah. backyard right. and we wood shedded in <laughs> in Joe's uh, shop in That's the backyard. Right. I remember that. Now that and you... it was December. It was cold weather. But we was out there giving it all we had and working you into the songs. Mm-hmm. And you you debuted with us that weekend somewhere. We were booked steadily back in the keepers were. Mm-hmm. And uh um we played a lot at this uh restaurant slash club over in Brunswick or right on the St. Simon's Causeway. I guess it had a St. Simon's address called Emmeline and Hesse's. Yeah. Uh, it was right there on the right where Coastal Kitchen is now. And, uh, boy, that was a happening place now. See my little Korg there? Yep. To my left. This song right here is where we're all across the front there. was an acapella thing that we did. What was it, Blue Moon? Might have been. We did Blue Moon. We did uh, the old, So Fine. We did that one, too. Acapella. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a Temptation song. Yeah. Do you, do you remember when the power went off over in Valdosta? And I think it was at the King of the Road. It was, yeah. And we had a lightning storm, and the power went off, and we was... Electrified. We, <laughs> amplified. We, we had a gig <laughs> to then. do. And did you know... This is one of the very first times that I said, hey, these guys don't mind stepping out. And I believe it was Dave that's a, he just starts singing we, to the crowd. We just got off stage, started walking around, mm-hmm. singing a cappella because we couldn't play anything wow. to that crowd. And and I'm thinking, and I'm singing, but I'm thinking, these guys are good. And and y'all were. <laughs> the, the, the voices we all sounded good together. We was a harmony band. Yeah, that's the truth. It's funny. I saw this picture right here the other day. That guy in the foreground on the left right there is now the karaoke DJ at Boondocks. <laughs> and I wanted I, 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 I saved that phone, <laughs> that picture to my uh, – to my desktop at home on the computer. I wanted to get that to him somehow. <laughs> I go over to, I stop in at Boondocks every now and then, uh, coming f- from a gig in Brunswick, and, and uh, he loves to see me walk through the door, and he, he gets me up there to sing every time, every time we go in there. Uh, that's Joe way back there Yeah, in the corner. It, singing and he had to stay on that side in front of his mic. Yeah, he couldn't. Well, he was probably playing the guitar part on whatever song that was. No, you was that's right. That's it was acapella. acapella. You ain't playing anything. Uh, he was probably there where he could hear his monitor because he had right. to stay yeah. in his monitor pretty well. To yeah, that's Emmeline's. That's Emmeline's right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The dance floor was right on top. It was outdoors. Well, it was covered 
uh, it was a covered section, but uh, in the summertime, they had these plastic uh, windows. In other words, uh, you'd that plastic would roll up roll in the up. summertime, and then in the wintertime, they'd let it down and heat it somehow or another, space mm-hmm. heaters or something. But summertime, them sand mats would take you off. <laughs> Man, it it's, they're bad over there. So they're still bad. bad over there. You notice we got these white-ass tuxes mm. on, <laughs> tails. Mm. We had white and, and black. And and that was, a, that was a pretty pretty cool look. <laughs> I might get – y'all email us at somethingthewaterpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. If you disagree with my statement, it was pretty cool look. <laughs> we thought it was. <laughs> it was kind of funky chic, you know. It was, it was like uh, the tails were formal and then the rest of our hair was jeans and T-shirts and stuff. So, uh, we had a good time. With, I wanna, uh, I'm going to tell this about Dave. <laughs> when we had our black, one, one gig we were at somewhere, and we had our black tails on mm-hmm. and we went to the bathroom we took a break and whenever we went to the bathroom he went in there he got the toilet paper and he stuck it in the back of his pants <laughs> and had him about 30 feet of toilet paper <laughs> and so we walked back and we're going back to get on stage to play again and then here comes dave Bringing up the rear. He yeah. waits till everybody else gets there. Then here he's coming, walking across the dance floor with about 30 feet of toilet paper. In that face, you know how he can just, what, what is it? What, what's the deal? I thought I was going to die. He was doing practical jokes like that yeah. all the time. Just yeah. crazy stuff. Just deadpan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what my face was so red about, or something. Or well, you weren't. Uh, you were not a drinker in those days. You had already no. You no. had already quit drinking back in those days. You used to drink O'Doul's, didn't you? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so one time I drink them if I needed to. Wanted to. Drink Did you one. play at uh, Christopher's with us? Oh yeah, with us. Uh huh. Okay. I couldn't remember when it was that John left, and you. Fi- we played at Christopher's, and then it changed to another name. We played there too. Skippers. What it's called? Even, Skippers. I can't even remember, man. Yeah. There was one of the nights we had the black tails on. But yeah. You and Joe. Well, you being the drummer, you took yours off. I get it. Yeah. You'd have to. Get the sweat. Joe took his off too. It looks like down there. Mm-hmm. You could feel that whole floor shake at Emmeline's, though. It's like up on stilts, you know. It was like second floor, second story, looking over the marshes, and uh, we get to rocking and rolling, and the people on the dance floor right out there in front of us. You feel that whole thing moving. Yeah. Mm. Do you, Dave, do you remember the Pink Panther outfit, and I, you played at the Phoenix Hotel? Was it Phoenix? Oh God, that's uh, William Clark, the local do- eye doctor, threw a uh, Halloween party at the Phoenix Hotel. Don't he have that picture? Didn't we? 
throw that up there the other day? No, that was from my my. I wore the Pink Panther at many gigs, <laughs> and it debuted at the National Guard Armory back during the Down Home Band. Uh, I don't think I have a copy of yeah, the yeah, it's at the National Guard Armory there, but it's the same outfit, same costume. That I wore at the Phoenix. That place was packed out at the Phoenix. And what I remember about it was afraid the floor was going to collapse because they were dancing and that whole floor mm-hmm. was moving. Mm-hmm. There was a pile of folks at that place. That guitar right there, that Strat, I bought from Johnny Logan. Really? Yeah. I've gone through so many different guitars over the... There's a ninth chord that I'm playing right there. It looks mm-hmm. like an E ninth on the twelfth fret. That might have been play that funky music white boy right there. Been. Or pink boy. <laughs> pink boy. <laughs> <laughs> play that mu- funky music, pink boy. Play that Panther mu- music. Pink boy. <laughs> play that Panther music. <laughs> pink boy by Wild ch- Wild Pink. Cherry. Pink Cherry. <laughs> That was a cool outfit, though. That costume, my mama helped. My mama made that. Dave looked like he weighed about 60 pounds. Skinny. I I did. (laughs) No. My weight from high school, senior in high school, was about 128. And it did not fluctuate either way until I hit 40. And then metabolism, several factors made that change and I gained from 128 to 150 just like that then it stabilized at 150 for years and years you know now I proud to say that uh I'm pushing 180 no yeah I can't get enough <laughs> that funky stuff that funky food <laughs> That's what quitting smoking will do for you folks. They always say that uh, it's immediate weight gain. Well, better believe it. You sound like you're trying to talk people out of stopping smoking. I would highly recommend uh, (laughs) uh, smoke them if you got them. (laughs) Well, I'm going to do a tale of the week for all you fine folks out there in... uh, Something in the water podcast land. Uh, this is from my uh, blogs, which I used to do a few years back. And this one is relevant to our good guest tonight, Uh-oh. Mr. Gary Brown. Between September of 1980 and 1985, I moved from Tallahassee, Florida, back home to Waycross, where we started up the original down-home band. Got married to my first wife, fathered a beautiful daughter, got a degree in computer programming, took a break from music, was office manager for the local Coca-Cola bottling company, went through a divorce from my first wife, and then hired on with the Postal Service. All that in five years. Three months into my mail sorting career, I formed a new band with Joe Shear, John Randall Smith, Philip Walker, and sound man Ricky Taylor. We called it 
the keepers and formulated our song list based on the concept that anything lasting for 20 or 25 years qualifies as nostalgic. The music of the 60s certainly qualified. It was music that we grew up listening to as kids, like Devil with a Blue Dress on, Good Golly Miss Molly by Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels, who back in the 60s played the Waycross City Auditorium, snubbed the audience by cutting their performance short, only to find that the tires on their traveling vehicle had been cut as well. <laughs> the Temptations, I Can't Get Next to You, My Girl, acapella version of The Way You Do the Things You Do. Grooving and I've Been Lonely Too Long by The Young Rascals, Tommy James and the Shondells' Crystal Blue Persuasion, Cry Like a Baby by The Box Tops, The Outsiders, Time Won't Let Me, featuring the lead vocals of Sonny Garachi, whose biggest hit came in 1972 with Precious and, Precious and Few by Climax, and a show-stopping medley of Four Tops songs, I Can't Help Myself, otherwise known as Sugar Pie Honey Bunch. Standing in the shadows of love, it's the same old song, Reach Out, I'll Be There, and Baby, I Need Your Lovin'. Before we could be begin rehearsing properly, we needed to pick up a PA system and everything that goes with it. So we struck out before sunrise one Saturday, headed to Atlanta's Buckhead District and Rhythm City Music Store, where our old Valdosta musician buddy Roger Brainerd was employed. As it was decided that I would also play keyboards, I bought a small Korg synthesizer that so aptly reproduced horn, organ, string, and piano sounds that even I sounded like I knew what I was doing, <laughs> along with a PVT-60 electric guitar so heavy that I'm confident my wearing of it in the 80s resulted in my current suffering <laughs> of left shoulder bursitis and a right groin inguinal hernia. <laughs> that I can't get fixed till COVID slows down. Our first paying gig as the keepers was for the local Alcoholics Anonymous Christmas party. Y'all sound really good. Coming out of the mouth of a sober person carries a whole lot more weight than that of somebody who's been drinking peppermint schnapps for two hours straight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, schnapps would be impressed if you just broke a guitar string or sang a little sharp on Sharp Dressed Man. As in all the bands I've ever played in, the Keepers had to go through several personnel changes, the first being the loss of our bass player, Philip Walker. We quickly found a replacement in a local Kirby vacuum cleaner salesman by the name of Napoleon Williams, who was not quite the singer Philip was, but still we turned him loose once a night on Jackie Wilson's Your Love Keep Lifting Me Higher and Higher. <laughs> and Napoleon, there he is, right there. Yeah. Uh, he's right there on the right. That's uh, John Smith, myself, Joe Shear, and Napoleon. Uh, Napoleon, he always sang that line in uh, the uh, higher and higher was disappointment was my closest friend. He always sang it disappointed. 
<laughs> Disappointed was my closest friend, <laughs> and and he would uh, he would sing uh, backup because uh, harmony on the Eagles' "Best of My Love" because we didn't have enough people to cover the part, so we'd push him into service. You know, you got the best of my love. You got the best of my love. He was. He was not a natural vocalist like uh, our former bass player was. Um, we qualified as nostalgic ourselves by the mid-'80s, having played in a lot of places, sometimes with famous or near-famous people. Napoleon's credentials were as tight as a tutu on a 200-pound ballerina. His earlier work was with the touring version of Cornelius Brothers and Sister Rose, a popular early 70s vocal group from Denia Beach, Florida, with a couple of big, big hits, Treat Her Like a Lady and Too Late to Turn Back Now. Eventually, Napoleon's superb vacuum cleaner salesmanship led him away to Valdosta. So we called up our old bass player from the mid-70s group down home. T. Wayne Scarborough. My daddy, as a boy, used to live in a big wooden two-story house on the corner of Lee Avenue and Hicks Street in Waycross. Years later, it became a Dodge dealership, and by 1986, it was known as Christopher's, a nightclub run by Jerry Saunders. The Keepers were the first band to play the new club. Crowds were steady and supportive, so with a crowbar and a sledgehammer, Jerry Saunders knocked down a dividing wall, opening the place up into a 60s replica bar room with a black and white tile dance floor and surrounding booths sculpted in red naugahyde. Drummer John Randall Smith left the group soon after, paving the way for drummer and multi-instrumentalist that guy. Gary Brown, original keyboard player for Waycross band, The Wall of Sound. The new lineup carried on, playing Emmeline and Hesse's Dockside Restaurant on St. Simon's Island, the Douglas Country Club, and, and maybe a goat roping or a frog gigging. 50 out of 52 weeks in 1989, leading me to say, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Many a night, as the last chord fluttered into the night along with the St. Simon's sand gnats, I'd throw my PVT-60 in its case and haul ass to Waycross, making it to the post office just in time to clock in for my 3 a.m. shift. That schedule took its toll on me physically and emotionally as I watched my second marriage turn into my second divorce. Terry Pender, local keyboardist, saxophonist, and fine songwriter, took my place in the Keepers. And adding Rita McDaniel on vocals and percussion, that group went on for another 13 years. That's some pretty good longevity for a band, right up there with the Bee Gees. Hmm. Damn sure lasted longer than my first two marriages put together. (laughs) 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 Good. Yeah. Well, buddy, we have enjoyed having you. Go walking back down memory lane. Is there anything you want to 
say that we hadn't covered or uh I don't think so. Yeah. I think you covered it pretty well. <laughs> We've made a lot of music together and separately and a lot of different groups over the, yeah. our lives. Yeah. Oh, you, your son, uh, we was talking about this earlier. You've got a son, Dustin, Dustin Brown, who lives over in Brunswick. That yeah, I know, is I know an old Dustin. classmate of yours. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I like old Dustin now. He's my buddy. Yes. He plays guitar uh, yep. now. Well, every time, and I think the last time that I that I ran into you, son, was at Pine Box Dwellers gig. At Tipsy's? At Moss. Was it? They come to Moss? Okay. Yeah, he yeah, came right. to Moss. It was, it was sometime last year, I believe it was. And uh, I have to say, every time I run into your any of your children, they always... Nice to me, and they always come up and speak and everything. So, a shout out to Gary's kids. <laughs> y'all, I hope y'all are watching tonight. And uh, uh, your daddy done real good raising y'all, I'll have to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, buddy, we have enjoyed talking with you. and I enjoyed it too. I appreciate you asking me yes sir good time yeah and uh folks we'll see y'all on the next episode come back <laughs> you hear Hey.